Welcome to Tech at Lunch, the podcast that satisfies your hunger for all things tech while you enjoy your midday meal. So grab your sandwich, tune in, and let's dig in. Hello, I'm Nick. Hey, I'm John. And you know, this week we don't have, Ned's out doing something, so, but you know, we wanted to kind of keep on our uh, preventive maintenance track here. And we kind of want to talk about the preventative maintenance and like the IT side of, you know, added manufacturing. So, you know, you're not talking, you know, it's not just pointed at, you know, software, hardware or anything like that. Right. It's actually, you know, at the IT infrastructure, you know, side of the house for it. Your digital stuff. Right. Um, So, you know, and and the thing is, is, you know, IT preventive maintenance is is a whole different bag animal first what you get from the mechanical side of the house. Yeah, and they're starting to get more and more. Like your tech for uh, maintenance, I think we've said it, it was a long time ago before. I think Ed was the one who said it, but the OT and that IT guy are becoming the same person. Yep. Uh, so you, as a maintenance technician, may find yourself trying to troubleshoot like a Profinet connection or a wireless connection that, that's kind of giving you some issues. Uh, whereas also if you're on the software side and you've just been doing IT and you're like, okay, well, I manage a database that, that controls you know, robot codes or something like that mm-hmm. and the robot codes are not being read, you then become part of the OT team because you're helping that side. And then the easiest way to see if your results work for a giant robot is to see if it works in its cell. Right. So go out to the line and check those things. So it, it, You uh, go from the, the hard blending. hammer to the digital hammer. Exactly. Um, but that person's becoming the same the same thing. But like we talked about in the last episode, like you're 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 more um, uh, like uh, mechanical fixes, like uh, or your mechanical preventive maintenance. Like you, you do, we talked about our checklist. We talked right. about um, these are the things that you would look for if if you had like a, a hardware failure or a industrial machine that's doing repetitive motion over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, but on that same side is, is that the IT is a, does it a little bit different. Maybe they're not on the line, but um, there's monitoring systems. Like right. we talk MQTT in Industry 4.0 as well. Like exactly. These things blend, and um, you really have to watch for not only – like you can keep these data points, and it ends up being you can watch for um, like critical points, mm-hmm. right? Like if we talk about just purely your your database, you talk about CPU usage on the server, you talk about disk storage, uh, network connectivity. Those are some of the main kickers. Maybe some services that have to run, right. um, but it depends on the application. And but then on the other side of things is that you have uh, not only that like constant monitoring that you can set up with like maybe Nagios, Dynatrace is a mm-hmm. big one nowadays. Um, and, and you can have like a, Kibana. A, a Kibana, error logging is, is needed for those right. things. I mean, you heavily, I mean, you ha- I would say that's probably one of your, the biggest tricks of your trade is to be able to read those logs. Oh yeah. Um, because if you can't, you don't know what the problem is. <laughs> exactly. And you know, the thing is, is, you know, 95% of the time you're going to start dealing with stuff that just, you know, may or may not make sense. Yeah. And because, like, if you lose a connection from a device to a database or a device to a control system, everything stops. Yeah. It doesn't know where to proceed from there. So you're dealing with, like, network troubleshooting. So you're PMing and making sure that, hey, are my switches clean? Are they dust-free? Right. Um, are they not being overheated? Do they have the right firmware and software updates on board? Right. You know, is my so- my ho- my software that I'm talking to updated and stuff like that? Are my versions matching? Right. You know, 
you know, for the hobbyist printers, because I that out there that we've got, you know, we're running a lot of, you know, Clipper and on, um, uh, you know, Raspberry Pis. There's an issue with that the connection, that cable that connects the, 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 the Raspberry Pi to the printer. Mm-hmm. You've now kind of disconnected that. So, you know, that's something that where you need to be able to see if that's... It's an instruction manual. It doesn't know what to do now. Right. It, does, it, it asks, hey, what's next? And there's no answer. So it's... Honestly, hopefully it stops. <laughs> right. If or not, if it yeah. has the program and it just keeps running, then yeah. sure. You have but, a failed print. <laughs> right. But the thing is, is that type of stuff that you need to, you know, yeah. PM. You're PMing your Raspberry Pis. You're PMing your, your you know, your, your stuff like that. To make sure that, hey, it's I've got all my necessary updates, all my security patches. I've got my hardware and software is upgraded to meet its potential. And... That's- yeah, that's true. But that type of stuff you can also send to, um, um, like Kibana or stuff like that, and actually do a version. Mm-hmm. You can watch your versions and stuff like that. See small exactly. Purpose. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, that's a good point. Like we we get to the in we're, the industry and in, in in technology are blending mm-hmm. um, any any industrial like factory. So you see these things, and you could almost like just with an addition of a couple sensors. We talked about. You know, down the whole data, data analytics, yeah. all that stuff. You analyze these things, and you can see because we're talking about what's the what's the key point of this little mini series we have, and it's preventative maintenance. But like what we're talking about, when you see the things fail and you respond to that, that's kind of reactive. Mm-hmm. That's kind of um, you know uh, real time uh, maintenance. That's what we want to avoid. If you're producing right. something, you want uptime and and you know Repetitive waiting till it happens and breaks and brings you down. Is not a good way to fix things. However, you can do redundancies and have like maybe you set up the line twice, but it ends up getting more more expensive yep. rather than effective. You're not because then you're like, oh well, why don't I keep both of them on and produce twice as much as I usually do? Exactly. And then you break them at the same time and you're down twice as far. So there's a there is a sweet spot, but honestly, waiting till something breaks isn't a good idea. So I use that kind of to to bridge to my next point, which is. Um, you, you can use that data to create your preventative maintenance schedule right. that we talked exactly. about before. Like you can have checklist. I think there's two types, of, like two different versions of that PM checklist, I would say. Mm-hmm. So if something breaks down, there's an incident recovery checklist or something. Right. Or like maintenance checklist whenever something's broken. But then we, we do that and that's, that's catastrophic fail happened. Check everything. How can I safely get my, my whatever machine back online as quick as possible? Is it a consumable? Is it something you know IT weight, uh, related or is it mechanical? But if you get these sensors attached to databases that like Kibana that log right. and, and read these and you create watchers that send you alerts, you can get it as it's happening and then you can pull up a schedule or a time maybe like run it for like six months, pull up that timeline, say, okay, it looks like every about three or three or so months, we get some type of big incident that brings us down for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. So let's say at about two and a half months, that's our deadline to do this PM. And then you create a PM for that and it's more specific, it's a smaller PM and it should be, I would guess, more of a, like I would even have maybe a project team lead, if it's a bigger machine, lead those specific PMs because now they have a schedule. They know on these days or these weeks I need to do this or the machine goes down. Yep. Um, and then you te- you can separate now that the, the guys who are kind of the jack of all trades and fix everything and kind of react in the moment, 
those guys are very valuable because they can get you up and running in the quickest time because they know a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. However, if you have someone focused on these robots specific to the station, then they know that their preventive maintenance is up to scale. You can kind of hold them like an auditor. Like they audit to make sure this is getting checked and then you can kind of focus both uh, kind of realms. They make sure you're on schedule for the bigger like to ensure a constant uptime and then you train the team as a as like kind of a task force to to respond to them in the moment to me that would probably be one of your most effective kind of systems that you would have for pms and in that case you end up getting away from you do need to learn downtime is going to happen oh yeah like it, it just takes one tree falling down the wrong way mm -hmm. and like honestly that just like considering how it is nowadays you get one rainstorm it's been so hot here it gets like up to like when 95 it rains mm -hmm. and then it gets hot again and then it rains it's been constant in south carolina so it's something that you know you see constantly um right. but it takes something as small as that to bring your bring your factory to a standstill and if you don't have the people that are prepared to respond then you're stuck anyways you can't just focus on trying to beat beat it to the punch right and the thing is is with that it's always you know also like you can use power bi and stuff like that to, yes to visualize everything so you can have your visualizations up and running real-time monitorings you can monitor freaking like the, the real-time outputs yeah and stuff like that you know for me it's making sure that people are aware of what is what the schedule is if you're gonna have a schedule on it yeah and you know that it's it becomes you know it's a repetitive nature of bringing something down repairing bring doing a, an update then bring the next thing down, and then the next thing, and then the next thing, and then the next thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, knock those out while you still have time. You start doing your more deeper and deeper and deeper things. It's also, you know... Um, it should be cyclical. Like, right. And, like. you know, don't be afraid to do maintenance shutdowns on IT networks. Oh, yes. Bring them down, repair them, check them, make sure there's no, um, uh, you know, funny issues going on with it. Make sure that you go in and update all your switches and stuff like that. By the way, Microsoft is Patch Wednesday, mm. so they always patch on Wednesdays. That's a preventative maintenance. So you'll always see um, the you, know, you get an update or something like that for your um, uh, for your for your laptop on a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. You know, it's Patch Wednesday. Um, the same thing with cell phones. I just got an update on both of the iPhones that I carry this morning that they're doing a rapid uh, security update, you know, on the iOS infrastructure. It's, you know, make sure those are installed. You know, we understand some companies, they like to validate that their patch, that the patches will work with their current subsystems that they've got. Just make sure your stuff is built agnostically so you don't have to actually worry about patch burden. Yeah. Either that or if you're really worried about that, build it all on Linux. Yeah, Linux will probably be happier most of the time, and it runs it runs lighter. So right. I think the more and more that data that your company relies on, the more and more you're going to be forced to do a lot of those those maintenance things. I mean, I would call a security update or a security patch. A I would call that update. mandatory, and that's preventative maintenance too. Right. Because like just just we we're thinking about like environmental issues or maybe some OSHA violations or, or maybe mm -hmm. mishandling of a process to break a machine. Right. However, 
you can have someone who has maybe malicious intent and and wants to you know hack into your machine that could bring things down as well so you need to be able to defend against that i mean that's why we push the cybersecurity stuff so much more nowadays exactly things are so much easier computers are so much stronger like if it's encrypted you just need a computer that could do the algorithm long enough to be able to get mm -hmm. through and like honestly it, it becomes like it's just bigger and bigger encryptions bigger and bigger algorithms longer and longer or more and more time it's going to take to do things but you know i don't know if anyone's aware of quantum computing but quantum computing flips a lot of that on it on its head so like you need to prepare uh, i'm not saying that that's you know it's very expensive to get a quantum computer right now there's not yeah. it's not commercial right now it's very like you know proprietary in-house with a lot of systems i know ibm has one there's a a couple other companies I think have some mm -hmm. um, but their computing power is so great that they can do what a conventional uh, computer does in like a half like a split second their bits exist as on and off instead of having to be turned on and off right so it's it's kind of like how Main how range. an S solid state is much more advanced than a you know a standard hard drive it's yeah so it in that sense if you can get your transistors and your computers your software to work off of quantum computers then it makes you more risk if you're all conventional which um, probably all of them are right uh, there's probably very few that are quantum computing at this point but you just get if, if someone has malicious intent and has a machine that has the power to get in and you are not adequately trying to stop it or at least error log to see it happening right then exactly. you're left holding like the proverbial bag the proverbial bag you're let you're stuck there and everyone sees you with a problem but they know they won't find the person that did it right um so if you're not prepping yourself with vulnerability checks and scans and stuff that's mm. preventative maintenance oh, day yeah. too day in day out yeah like there's new zero day attacks all the time and, and if you're not looking for them like you're gonna be the next zero day attack. right and the thing is, is these companies don't publish their security patch updates yeah. And security infrastructure updates just for the just for the you know the heck of it, you know it's because they've done the research and they've been involved in this stuff. They know what's going on. They probably hacked it in themselves to see right. if it would work. <laughs> and it's like and that's also, yeah. You may think that oh I have my shop floor segregated from my main floor. You know I I know nothing touches the shop yeah. floor. Closed network, yeah. Right, your closed network system. Guess what? You still need to update it. You still need to update yeah, it. And you still need to update. It's nothing is, you, you can still have a, an idiot with a freaking thumb drive. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and, and the fact that they didn't know what they were doing and they plugged the wrong thing in the wrong, in the wrong, in the wrong port. And yeah. Next, you know, it, now we have a bigger issue to deal with. I mean, yeah, look at your processes. What, what do you do day in and day out if you're not looking for those things? So even if it's a closed network and you have someone that comes in and doesn't load, know the proper process to you know, update data, change data, check right. data, then they accidentally leave a door open. It's just, it's the same thing as like leaving your front door open accidentally because you let, you gave the wrong person a key, right? right? So it's, it's, you know, it's digital. Yeah, you can't see it, but if that door is open, I mean, we talked about it before. You make a honeypot PC, that's just a, a port checker to see how many people try mm -hmm. to uh, access your network or your devices. You just make it look like it's a, a, a vulnerable device. And you'll probably get twenty to thirty thousand hits a day. Yeah. Um, just trying to get into your data because if they see any chance to get any type of money off of it, then that's what they're going for. And if you, you know, don't set yourself up like a sitting duck. Right. And right? the thing is, is also that can go on to you know making sure that you change your passwords. You oh know, yeah. Pa password changing, master password changing for 
you know, systems yeah. is should be changing. You know, um, as a preventive maintenance, like if, if you're, you know, if you change it from Azure password to, a, you know, you know, disable that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, go to user passwords. You know, make sure that if when you're doing your PMs, you're checking to make sure that that master password is disabled. That somebody didn't go in there and turn the darn thing back on, and now you're running with the old yeah. root password. And then you, it's about accountability too, right? Because like if you're teaching, are you adequately? You know, we talked about cybersecurity awareness a few episodes ago. Are you adequately teaching your team, like the vulnerabilities, or let's say the consequence of of you know an inaction? Like if you don't lock out, tag out a system, and you mm-hmm. go into the station and get you know taken out by that robot whose fault is it is it yours for not locking it tagging it out or is it the the systems because the the light should light curtain didn't turn off right? right so like there's a whole bunch of whole bunch of things that like it becomes after the fact it's it is reactionary and it becomes uh, sad to say but it does get to a point where it's finger pointing who's fault who is at fault here because uh then then you have to figure out what we need to do to um the next step which i was going to get to like when it, it's like retroactively going back to an incident and setting in preventative like long-term right. um, goals so when things happen like if you're if you're not accurately like reporting accurately noting and then teaching your team what this hey we don't want you to do this because this is what happens mm-hmm. and like test I mean you don't have to test them like a standard test but like ask them and get them to repeat it back and if there's an understanding then boom that's the basis we can move on and then that's to me it's a preventative maintenance on the awareness of your team right like it's there's so many ways that you can kind of use that preventative maintenance ideology mm-hmm. to make sure you're constantly producing oh yeah you are um, you know not at risk of vulnerable mm-hmm. and you know you're growing it's everything is like constant like production constant uptime if you're keeping someone's data like i bet you if you went to a website and hit login and it took four seconds before it redirected and said you're logged in you think the website's broken i think everybody does that mm-hmm. i'm like okay well if my network's not connected i go immediate troubleshooting like most right. is like this is not good there, yeah. I, I flush my dns what do i need to do here but at, at the end of the day is is um if something is not acting like normal we choose as it's an indicator to us that something's not right so Mm -hmm. we should use those and and i think that kind of taking those and 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 reflectively looking at your problem is is very important because you're like okay well we need to maybe this thing shouldn't be on you know 365 24 hours a day seven days a week uh maybe we should have um you know this day we'll we'll turn it off downtime windows yeah and exactly what you're saying downtime windows. Downtime. redundancy computers like then you can flap back and forth but 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 yeah it, it becomes expensive but it's still uh, you you have to weigh it it's opportunity cost right. is it more expensive how long did it take you to fix it last time is it more expensive to take and eat that downtime than to pin, spin up a backup system and then that that's where you know maybe the financial team has to take a step in and say right. hey we can't maybe they want to do both and it's, you know, the thing is, it's like, remember that, you know, these machines hold more and more and more data by the day. You know, every day they consume and store and use more data than what it was before. They're also getting to the size that they can easily, you know, hurt, kill, or maim somebody. Mm. Um, so that's definitely something to keep in mind. Like, for example, 
you know, if you're doing maintenance on these machines, if you're doing industrial, you have a scaling switch involved. You also have a PLC involved of some sort. Make sure those are updated. Make sure they have the, the, the nearest patches because if somebody disables something and like you said, the lotto doesn't work or lockout tagout doesn't work, you're getting, you're going to get killed by a machine. Yeah. You know, That's and the last thing you want. You know, they're they're going to be like haunted by the world of Kobe. Yeah. Um, so, but the thing is, it's, you know, make sure that stuff's updated because that stuff that has to communicate, if it doesn't communicate, it's going to shut down mm-hmm. or it's going to hurt somebody or it's going to do something. You know, and also make sure your PII stuff is is adequately da- updated. So if you have databases you're running that's got PII data on it, so like customer information, customer order information, stuff like that, make sure that is updated, secured, locked down, so it's not able to get into it. No one's able to get into it. So make sure you're changing those passwords. Make sure you're you know making sure and auditing your um, access list. That is the biggest thing when it comes down to PMs for IT infrastructure is doing access audits is auditing your infrastructure to see how many people are not there anymore that have access to a system mm-hmm. i couldn't tell you how many times i've logged in and they said hey do me a favor do an audit and i'm going through our, the systems going well that person's not here this people person hasn't been here for two years like, yeah i was gonna you know, say it's, like, it's one of those things or hey this person is getting removed from the company we need to lock down their their accounts and get them ready yeah, because if your accounts are still in the system, it takes up space. Right. It, it takes up processing power. And, I mean, honestly, it's, you know, the best way I think to, to say it is if you don't use it, you lose it. Like, right. if you don't have or need the access to the system, it's very clear if, if you're still working here, then you don't need this system to do your everyday work then. We're going to go ahead and remove it. It's going to help us maintain, you know, accountability, maintain, you know, credibility of those mm-hmm. that are making those changes. And then if any anything gets updated, we know that we don't need to train you on the new release of it, right? right. So And it's also the malicious intent. It's my log it, it's through the through the firewalls mm-hmm. and portals and stuff like that. Oh yeah, and you can you can, can probably track that too. They can log into the system and you now you see that oh shit. Yeah. This person is you know using malicious intent to attack the company they just left. Mm-hmm. You know, you can see that you know, for example, if anybody's ever had to you know, remove people and stuff like that. And you, you know, now with the age of, you know, social media, you can see what their thought process is. You can kind of see what they're throwing out there. Yeah. So you start making sure that you got that stuff locked down. Um, and you can actually, you know, prevent well, integrity, man. Um, issues from happening. You know, it's like my, my thing is, is, and the reason why I do that harp on that is because the way that, you know, the work ethic is these days, it doesn't exist. So, you know, people are leaving jobs quicker than they're getting them. Mm-hmm. But they're also not showing up to jobs that they've already gotten. Take a look at McDonald's. Um, yeah. But the thing is, if you do, if somebody does leave the company, remove their accounts immediately. You know, um, have that process that you go through, that you remove. Um, just in case, you know, it doesn't mean they left on bad terms. It could just be, you know, moving on and moving to bigger and better things, which that's what we all hope happens. You know, we all yeah. hope when somebody leaves a company, they leave for bigger and better pastures. Um, so, you know, that's that, but however, it's making sure that that's taken care of, you know, database accessing system and network access and stuff like that needs Mm -hmm. to be audited to make sure that you're not overuse on that type of stuff. Um, and then it's also monitor your guests, like, especially if you're looking at your networks, don't let anything that's, you know, and make sure that you're also auditing, you know, who's on your, on your guest network. Mm. 
That's true. Um, you know, who's on your networks and stuff like that, making sure that your networks are clean. Because um, a bad network can bring down an entire production facility. Somebody hogging bandwidth that shouldn't be hogging bandwidth can wreak havoc yeah. on data transfer, you know, on the lines and stuff like that. But, you know, PMing of your IT systems is also making sure and doing error checking. It's routinely going through and looking at your logs and saying, mm, I need to improve that because I see this error, you know, day in, day out, day in, day out. Well, maybe next time we get a, a time to shut down, I can fix those errors. Yeah. I, can, I can fix those problems. We won't see that again. So you track it to track it to also like give your give yourself you know a better idea of what the kind of effects of your your shop floor is. Um, right. I mean, a, a good example kind of of what you were speaking about earlier about making sure you're keeping your your data safe. You know, it's it's a, it is about integrity and and I mean, there's a, a a good example of keeping things separate is Tesla and Lucid. Mm -hmm. So Lucid was created by. Um, like a former vice president of, I, I'm not sure if it, what specific department or if it was of all of it, um, uh, but he he left Tesla and created an electric, another electric car company. Now you can probably think that that might be uh, a bit suspicious, right? Like if you're we're making electric cars and then you quit and you make your own electric cars, okay. Now I may have cause to say that you copied me on some things, right? right? So in a lot of those cases, when you're locking down some people's accounts, it's it's safety of intellectual intellectual property and kind of maintaining those boundaries as well, because like that that's a case where Lucid is still a company, Tesla's a company. Now there's no lawsuits that I know of no, for for, for IP infringement, but if you look at both cars, they're vi they're very much different. I mean, a lot of engineers that worked on the, the model, um, I think, Y, mm -hmm. came over to Lucid as well. And yes, it is an electric car, so it's very similar, but it's, it's, it's different in its makeup. So that's, that's a way, like, things were done right, yeah. uh, for the most part. Now, there may be things that we don't know about that come to light later, but for the most part, it looks like things were done right, companies right. are separate, and, and that's a, a proper way to do it. So the, 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 the support has been voiced for each other's brands from each other's presidents. Exactly. So it's not like it's... You know, the goal bad. of electrifying the cars is is you know there and they're not working against each other right so I, I think it, it becomes a competitiveness and yeah with capitalism it, it breeds competitiveness but it doesn't have to be malicious either so if you do things the right way you know you can still you, you mm -hmm. should still be able to continue production and then you you trickle that down to your teams like there you have the integrity of the team to kind of stand up if if they're like okay, this guy's uh, maybe entering some data where he shouldn't, or he's not locking his systems out or something like that, right. then you can kind of take care of that stuff. Exactly. So, I mean, you, you see it you see it in a lot of different companies, but that's like a big name that's like very, very much so working together. And yeah. didn't. If I'm not mistaken, Rivian, the guy who, who opened Rivian used to work for him too. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, it, yeah. it just makes sense. I mean, a lot of the cars nowadays, I'm sorry to get off on a tangent about electric vehicles, but a lot of cars that are electric nowadays were just combustion cars with the engine ripped out and an electric engine thrown in. Yep. But these guys are smart because they built the car with electri uh, electrification in mind, so it's much better of a you know engineered product. So yeah. that's just a side note. The cost like is different. <laughs> the cost is very separate. Yeah, very, very, I mean, very it's different. it's tough for those metals and those rare elements. But like if we if we think about it, 
they keep them separate so that we can kind of keep the main mission going. And that's the same thing with a lot of the preventative maintenance right. is that your maintenance team, your IT team, they should be working together, your shop floor team, they should they should be focusing on how do we maintain the safest, most efficient workplace. And you should have, you know, your IT guys integrating your maintenance teams. You know, yes. that's if you if you should have a IT maintenance section that handles all IT related maintenance topics for maintenance. Yeah. So if your maintenance techs are having to update, you know, HMIs and all this other stuff, you have an OT team that that's their entire job mm-hmm. is supporting shop floor technologies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So the main IT group can focus on making sure the other infrastructure yeah, or new releases, new features. Right. You know, bringing in more more value to existing. And, you know, the thing is, is like when you start getting into, um, uh, you know, access control, you know, PMing and stuff like that, when you start talking about atom manufacturing, you start dealing with like chemicals that, you know, should be thoroughly locked down. Mm-hmm. You need the MSDS. You know? <laughs> right. You need all your MSDS documentation done. But you start talking about like isopropyl alcohol. You start talking about, um, the resins, you know, now some, now some resins like ones from Fosen are, are water soluble, so you don't have to clean in and 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 IPA anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, seeing that go long term is going to be very rare. Um, but it's making sure that no one has access to those commodities that shouldn't have access to those commodities, mm-hmm. especially in large quantities. You know, you, the, the one thing that you deal with when you start dealing with IPA and, and, you know, isopropyl alcohol or alcohol in general is the fact that alcohol in general can crystallize and turn into a bomb. Mm-hmm. You know, and you start getting people who get hurt. So it's making sure that no, that all the, 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 the facility control systems that control ventilation, control um, uh, your lights, your fans, all of that for the entire factory or entire office space, make sure that stuff is updated. You know, because the last thing you need in the middle of the day is your AC going down because mm-hmm. somebody hacked into your AC unit to shut oh. you down. Especially during this time, like the right. heat wave coming through in most of these states, like it's, that's almost, a, uh, that'll shut you down for longer. Your BMS systems are very vulnerable. Yeah. And there is also the BMS systems, if somebody really want to know about your company, they can log into a BMS, they can, they can hack into a BMS system and actually see what hours you're running and what areas are running the most and stuff like that, and they can actually mm-hmm. see all that. Mm-hmm. It's really cool to do from a BMS. So it's locking those systems down, making sure those are updated, make sure they got their patches. Yeah, I, I think that, I mean, it's important because you can, you log in, exactly what you're saying, Where who, who uses what room, if you start learning what rooms are, which, then you start saying, okay, well, this person has access to this room, so I need to focus on trying to, find a vulnerability with this person mm-hmm. just takes leaving one door open and then boom you're in so right. it's the same thing also social engineering happens a lot too so yep. if you, you can kind of see a lot of those things and 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 kind of keep track because building management systems yeah they look at the lights and all that stuff too but um i would assume some of the cameras on the outside are part of that mm-hmm. as well just to kind of monitor who's coming in and who's going yep. so it's it's all about i mean Turns at the end of the day it's all about safety maintaining uptime like that's the goal efficiency yep. like we we do have a focus and preference for the maintenance team because they are making sure the big machines move so we need to kind of in a lot of cases we defer to them because 
if we're just the IT side, we may not have as much knowledge about kind of the inner workings and some of the safety concerns there. Uh, they might have more rigorous training on some mm-hmm. of those safety concerns. Most likely they should already have them kind of logged. But um, we, we're, our, the goal is to maintain uptime, but the secondary goal is to support the maintenance team so that they can maintain that uptime because at the end of the day, if something breaks and it's mechanical at all, they're going to go after those guys. If anything right. breaks and it's technical at all, who are they going to come after? They're not going to go after the maintenance team. But if you work for the maintenance team to protect them on a lot of those things, they will step in and try to assist you as well. Right. So it's, it's a one-team, one-dream kind of idea. Exactly. And the thing is, it's also making sure, you know, with that type of stuff, like you said, the social engineering side of the house is make sure that your security systems are updated. Mm-hmm. Um, because the thing is, is, if I can hack into your system, and this goes on the PM side, but also on the side of the PM, I can recreate a badge. All you need is a badge reader and make sure yeah. I have the same RFID tags you do. I can print my own badge and you're not going to check it. You won't know. Because I can badge in and out of your systems. It'll look like the other person. It looks like the other person has done it. Yeah. So, you know, make sure that stuff's locked down. Um, you know, they freely sell badge makers. So you can freely buy a badge maker that can hook up to software and systems and stuff like that. But all they do is take an XML imprint and guess what? Now you have access to their mm-hmm. systems. And then all they have to do is hack your system and drop their data into the system or make sure everything matches one for one do a carbon copy and off you go you're now in Mm -hmm. um so you know the thing is is you know prevent the battle plans um you know and and maintain those things out of the process you know make sure that you know all your stuff is updated make sure your locks are updated you know if you're using digital locks to keep people out of those areas that shouldn't be in those areas because 95 percent of the time when somebody breaks into something it's because the lock doesn't have a doesn't have a firmware update yeah because you just pull on it, it opens up because it's not locking because the actual lock mechanism and the receiver aren't jiving. You'll very much know that there's an issue there, especially. I mean, right. you can verify if it's a physical issue immediately by looking at a lock like that. Right. Um, I mean, you you can you can tie all those things together and then keep your people safe too. And and a lot of that is is at the end of the day, you keep your people safe. You're keeping yourself safe. You're keeping your data safe mm-hmm. um, because all it takes is that entry point and and. Who knows how, how long? I mean, ask Colonial Pipeline how much that open, you know, door that they left got them. Like, they got hit with ransomware. Right. And that's, I mean, probably, what was it, a phishing email or something yeah, like that? Email, you no. just, one click is going to cost you, what, $5 million? Like, you, yeah. I don't have $5 million. And the thing is, it's it's like, it's also the fact that you got these guys out there who, are, you know, they're, that's, that's what they do. Yeah. They don't do good things. They do bad things. So, you know, that's like you said, they're always looking for it. But always take all your logs and throw them into a, into a, um, a log repository. Mm-hmm. Make a data pool for maintenance, a preventive maintenance system that they can look at and say, okay, cool, this is what's going on. I've got this. I can watch it in real time. Yeah. You start noticing that you're, you're, you're starting to lose certain things here and there. You know, there you go. If I log in and I say, guess what? I've, I have a, you know, if I'm talking about printers. If I say, hey, I've got this printer that I've lost my first layer on three or four times, maybe it's time to look at it. Something's not right. Yeah, or you can see, you can exactly see that spot of where, like you can see, okay, maybe I review it. Uh, I don't know when in this first five minutes the first layer messed up, but it looks like uh, at about the second minute. So now I'll sit here and observe. So that's that's the one piece I don't think we touched on was the, the observing of... Um, of you know preventive maintenance and kind of the the benefits of it because mm-hmm. you won't see it before the fact if nothing's done like seeing is believing so you wouldn't know you wouldn't like how are we sure unless you've seen it before 
But then you get into these things like maybe maybe tabletop simulations, some yeah. maybe fire drill type situations, and then you could dig in deep to how it works, what would happen, and then when it happens, you, oh okay, okay this we did this before. Okay, mm -hmm. let me think about this. Uh, okay, I've never seen this, and then you could bring that to your next fire drill. Right. Boom. Now we're growing our knowledge. We're addressing old issues. We're addressing new issues by prepping and giving more time to you know have a, a review session for those but it's uh, the observance of what's wrong is i mean that's half the battle you don't right. you can't fix it if you don't know what's happening you'd <laughs> so. be surprised how many times you get a phone call hey i need this fixed okay so what'd you break i don't know like it, it just started happening <laughs> randomly at five o'clock well, i see right here someone pushed the change at four forty-five. why'd they do that right right <laughs> And if it's an update, then okay. Like, oh, a security update planned. Okay, cool. We are going to have to eat the downtime. If it's like, oh, this is not supposed to happen, that seems to be, right. oh, lock the system down and save us. Like, per, like yeah. stop them from what they're downloading. So it's, I mean, the more and more we get connected, the more and more your data is easily accessible. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the thing is, is the, is the data in the cloud, the IoT data and stuff like that is, is becoming more and more and more, you know, available. Yeah. Which, you know, kind of leads me, I think, to our, our last point, I think, is, you know, making sure that your, your MQTT endpoints are updated. Oh, yeah. You know, make sure all that on your, on your receive side and your send side are updated. If you remove a robot, remove the, the connection. What did we say the other day? It was like, um, if you have, it's like you have garbage data coming in, you're going to get garbage data coming out. Yeah. So garbage like if, in, garbage out. Exactly. If, if I'm looking to see whether my fire suppression system is working... And I'm over here looking to see if the lights are turned on. That's not going to give you what you want. Right. Like, look in the right place. Make sure that the data coming in is is what you need. Mm -hmm. You don't have a log that's 500 things, uh, 500 entries long. Looking at the wrong component. Like, right. so so you actually are addressing an issue. So so keeping that, you know, what is it? Auditing. What did you say earlier? Like, we just need to keep track of that. Uh, yeah. Uh, the data coming through yeah, and the, just the, the log auditing and stuff like log that. Log auditing, that's what it was. Just, you know, make sure things are correct. Make sure we don't have any, you know, major issues, and make sure it's nothing, you know, funny going on that no one knows how to handle it. Yeah. Because that's the one thing that kind of gets you, you know, every single time is the if this breaks, this other thing breaks, the central thing didn't break. It's like the domino effect. Like right. The, and you know, it's the bit and like me and Ev said before and think you're part of some of the conversations, data is the new oil. Mm -hmm. Is protect that data at all costs. Do your updates to protect the data. Yeah. Because that data is very vulnerable and valuable. Um, and it's very valuable to do your maintenance off of. If you mm -hmm. wipe all your data because oh, I'm doing a clean house and I wipe, accidentally wipe my data, you just delete all your trends. You're starting over you're from start like the, the beginning. Stretch. Yeah. It's not that. You better hope you already have a plan in place. Because if you don't have a plan in place, you don't have anything. This is why a lot of people have snapshots and, right. and database maintenance. We, we kind of didn't touch on that as much, but you should maintain. I mean, we kind of talked all about what the idea was, but right. we didn't, never called it maintenance of your databases. But your users are probably in some type of so SQL Oracle database, mm -hmm. and you need to monitor. Um, if you're saving quality data, you need to check those things, and you need to make sure that like you're keeping them for as long as you should. Um, there's a lot of things that like, if you're not upkeeping it, could also bring you down. Yeah, exactly. Because that type of stuff, you don't have patches, it ain't gonna work. Exactly. But you know, I, I think we've gone on uh, a little long enough for this. Well, yeah, maybe not. But I'm sure we'll think we could, something. We could probably hit some more stuff. I mean, yeah, honestly. we could. Um, 
So, but, you know, the thing is, is I kind of want to, we'll end it here for, you know, a nice short episode at this point. Um, you know, we want everybody to, to know that, you know, we, if you need any help, you know, let us know. We'll be there to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, at least give you some, you know, support, you know, so what we're thinking or stuff like that. Just let us know what the issue is. Um, you know, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to us. I think we're at 1760-something mm. now or 1780 um, uh, listeners. Uh you know that's that's globally, yeah. um, which is nice. Um, you know, and I want to thank every single one of y'all. If it wasn't for y'all, we wouldn't be doing this. Uh, we wouldn't be doing any traveling. We wouldn't be doing anything to try to bring you the next information that we can get. Um, look for some new stuff coming out on the the YouTube channels eventually. Um, also, uh, some if we can come up with more merch ideas, we'll come up with that and get y'all mm-hmm. get y'all some some new stuff. So, but you know, I thank you. You know, highly appreciate it. You know, and, uh, you know, we'll talk to you next week. Uh, yeah, same thing, guys. I 110% very appreciative of, of kind of the platform to speak on any topics that kind of, if it, if it promotes well-being or promotes, you know, um, uh, any learning or any growth, it's it's a positive. So uh, working together with Nick and, and Ed on a lot of these things have been very rewarding. So pushing on that idea, we need to, uh, we want to kind of have everybody to feel that kind of same um, that same warmth around being able to fix things, being able to keep things efficient, and, and it does make you kind of feel like a, like a um, untouchable almost if you can fix all the things and analyze these situations. So, um, uh, one of the challenges that I would kind of give you all is is, um, I mean, reflect on some time in your life where you had to think kind of critically on how something broke or how something stopped working, and how you if you had to be like uh, creative in fixing a solution if uh, you know. Like for me, uh, I had a, uh, a chair, my only chair in the house, uh, just moved into an apartment and the legs broke. Uh, figure something out, like we uh, ended up 3D printing some some um, nuts and bolts for uh, a new leg to drilled mm-hmm. it in and, and made, the, made the chair again. So it's something that like if you can't, you need to be able to adjust in a lot of situations. So um, that's kind of what we want to do. And, and if you have any of those situations you want to kind of talk about or or let us know about, reach out to us, email, anything like that. You got yeah. all the social medias, um, and then keep keep an eye out. We do have uh, some things coming down the pipe. We do we are pretty excited about a couple topics, so I uh, don't want to give too much away just yet, but just uh, stay tuned. You'll you'll learn soon enough. All right, y'all. Y'all have a good one. Thank you. All right, bye. That's all for this episode of Tech at Lunch. Thanks for tuning in and joining us for this tech-filled lunch break. We hope you enjoy the show. And don't forget to subscribe on all channels. And also, you can find us on YouTube under Volcanar Technology Solutions. And join us for our next episode, which gets published every Wednesday at 8 a.m. All right, y'all. Have a good one. See you later.